there's a lighthouse on the coast of Scotland. Maybe you've heard of it. It's the Bell Rock Lighthouse. And there's 10 miles off the shore, really in the middle of the North Sea, is a, about an acre of stone, a reef of stone that most of the day is just below the surface. So you can imagine, extremely dangerous. So it was decided to build a lighthouse there. Richard Stevenson and about 65 others participated in this five-year project. And they started in 1806. And they lived on a boat anchored to the rock. And for the four hours a day that the water was below the surface, they would scamper out of the boat, get onto the rock, and then chink away at this stone in the middle of the North Sea in order to to build a foundation and then build a lighthouse. And in 1811, the lighthouse was completed with its foundation in the very rock that was in the middle of the North Sea. And the lighthouse still stands today. Until the late 70s, it was still a lived-in lighthouse. And now... It's automated. But it has survived almost 200 years of being in the middle of the North Sea. And you can decide which would be worse. The the heat of the sun, the storms, or just the steady waves against its side. It has survived. What a picture that we have that Jesus provides for us of what it means, of the result of living our life based on God being our rock and His Word being our truth. Our Old Testament passage is in Deuteronomy chapter 11, found on page 147, where we're told much the same thing of the power of, the result of living our lives based on the rock of God's word, of his laws, of his teachings, of of his history, of his poems. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is the very foundation of our lives in you. And we ask that you will, the power of your spirit, lead us so that we follow it and we experience the joy of the life that you have given to each of us. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Page 147 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to turn there, and also on the screen, Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 through 21. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates 
so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them. As long as the heavens are above the earth. This is indeed the word of God. Thanks be to God. Now besides a lighthouse, it's 200 years old, built on a rock, coming to my mind as I read through this passage and considered it. I also thought of floss. Dental floss. You didn't? And come to your mind? Did to mine eventually. And part of it is because, you know, this passage is pretty clear. I could stand up here and act, wax eloquently or not so eloquently and about the meaning of nephesh as spirit and soul and the word planted deep inside of us and all of that. Or I could simply say, you know, the passage says that we need to make the scriptures, the word of God, part of every aspect of our lives. It needs to be when we get up, when we lie down, and every way in between. Totally vertical, totally horizontal, and all the degrees of a circle, wherever we may find ourselves. And we need to use everything that we can to be sure that we're living in the Word. That God is our rock. And that the Word is the very foundation of our lives. Because that's what the passage says. Now, it's like dental floss because we treat it, I think, like dental floss. We all know. I mean, it's a simple concept. Here's the word. Here here are the words. Read them regularly, all the time, and then live them. Dental floss is a simple concept. It's a little string. You put it in your teeth right there, and it's good for you. And you're supposed to do it every day. Good for the foundation of your teeth, your gums. I don't have dental hygienist here, but I know that. I know flossing is good. And I've seen it, you know, I've sat in school and remember they give you those little red things to chew on, you know, and you're supposed to smile and see where you didn't brush and floss like yours. I've done all that. I've seen the video, read the books, the whole bit. But every time I go to the dentist... I have a major quandary when the hygienist asks me, have you been flossing? Sounds like some of you have the same quandary. Do you lie? Or just go ahead and tell the truth and backpedal? It's crazy, isn't it? We lie to our dental hygienist, who I found out after the first service, Barb Linder, the other Barb Linder, oh, there she is, told me, we know if you lie or not. We can tell. like dental floss. I mean, we've all got probably six or seven in five different translations in our house in different places. Yet it's like dental floss. That we don't turn to it. Well, hear this passage. Hear the passage over and over again. It's in Deuteronomy back in chapter 6. It's in Exodus twice. And Jesus says it over and over again. The commands of God lead to life. 
The Word of God is truth. Follow it. Lead it. It will enable you to enjoy the life that God has for you. Floss every day. Read it more than every day. Read it when you get up. Take it in. Don't just don't read. Don't treat it like a history exam. Yeah, so I get dental hygienists on me, then I get historians on me. But you know, we go, we read the textbook, right? You guys know. You read the textbook, you go regurgitate it on the test, and then by the time the door has closed in your car on your way home from school, you've forgotten it all. But read it like a love letter. I remember I spent a number of summers at camp. I shared this with the fourth graders when they got their Bible back in the fall. But uh, for those of you that are graduates now, you you didn't get to hear it. So I'll share it with you. And uh, hopefully, I pray for the fourth graders in eight years, I'll be able to remind them of of the love letters that I got at camp. Because my girlfriend, who's now my wife, was at home and I was away at camp for the summer. And when I got a letter, yep, I took the letter and I looked at the envelope and said, wow, what a nice envelope. And I've just put it on my bulletin board, tacked it up, just the envelope, because it was such, no, I didn't do that. Ran up, grabbed the letter, ripped it open, read the thing forward and backwards, read it in the morning, read it at night, read it until I got the next one. And that's what we have here is, is God's love letter to us. God's truth, God's, God's guidance, God's direction. As the creator of life for how to live it. He is our rock. His word is our truth. The foundation and direction for our lives. Now I want to take... Two minutes, okay, I I mean that figuratively, not literally for those literalists that are out there, and speak to the people that that need it the most this day. You know, today is the day that we honor graduates, so I want to speak to their parents, because they're the ones that need it, because their kids are graduating, and they're flying the coop. And they are filled with anxiety and worry and concern. Except for a few that might be filled with joy. But for you, God is your rock. The Word is your truth. You you know for you how God is your rock and faithful to the end that now you entrust your children as you have been. Since they were in the womb, Really, nothing's different. Anxiety is a part of parenthood from the womb on. You sort of think, well, once they're born, I won't be as anxious. Well, yeah, that's poppycock. Yeah, I mean, the anxiety just continues to build. And the Word says, entrust them. I'm, I'm so thankful that we are a community that focuses some attention with Maggie and Tony, with those that have gone before them, with the teachers, the, the myriad of, of leads, youth group leaders and teachers that have been at work with this same purpose for the last 
years that you've been apart here, and that is to lead and teach and direct, to give the tools of the Scriptures, which are the foundation and guidance for life. I mean, you've been pouring into them. We've been pouring into them. You know, the suitcases are packed now. And they're, they're, they're ready to go. Could we have done more? Could we have done better? Sure. The good news is it's not, it's not based on the, our abilities or capabilities or efforts because we're not our rocks. God is. And we have entrusted them to God and done the best that we can, warts and all, to give to them the words of life. And now, for those of you that are graduating, taking this huge step, hear this story. Remember Jesus' story here of what it means to be a life that is found in Him, that is rooted, that is able to handle the storms of life and able to handle the constant pressures of just the surf and the waves against its side. And that is a life that is grounded in His Word. You are all gifted in many ways. And Lord knows the world can use gifted people. You're strong and intelligent. The world can use strong and intelligent people. But to take from Richard Foster what the world really needs is not strong, intelligent, gifted people. What the world needs are deep people, rooted people, those that are founded in the ways of Jesus Christ. Give your priority to Him. It's wonderful and great that we can learn of Grammar and literature and science and history. But we don't need more spiritual giants but ethical pygmies. We, we, we don't need... Did I say the wrong word there? Did I say intellectual giants and ethical pygmies? Uh, I meant to say intellectual. Catching myself. I heard somebody whisper. The world doesn't need more intellectual giants and ethical pygmies. Doesn't need the powerhouse of the intellect, but the wimp of the spirit. What the world needs are those who are spiritually rooted in Christ, whose foundation is His Word. And if I can give you any word as you move forward, that's it. Make God your rock. Take the time and energy, no matter how difficult, no matter how many all the other pressures it is, to build the foundation of your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. And then you will be ready to handle whatever danger comes your way. It may be the danger of great pain and failure. Or even worse, it may be the danger of great success. For I think that's a greater danger to our life in Christ than is fear 
and pain. For all of us, this is the case. The the primary focus of our life, what Jesus is telling us, what God's been telling us from the beginning, make Him our foundation, and the way to that is through His Word, His love letter that He's given to us. And the purpose, the reason, because as we follow Him, the Creator of life, He knows how life works. And it leads to true security, to true life. Leads to joy and peace and love and goodness today, tomorrow, and forever. As verse 21 of Deuteronomy says, it leads to living in the promised land of God today to endure whatever storms come our way. And Jesus is our greatest example. In the temptations, the beginning of His ministry, when He's in the wilderness and He's face to face with the evil one Himself, the ammunition which He comes to the evil one, who we face ourselves in our own lives, the ammunition that Jesus has is an understanding, not just in the mind, but in the heart. He has digested the Word of God. And that's His ammunition against the evil one. And then, in maybe His greatest moment, He's on the cross with nails in His hands, nails in His feet, and there He's quoting Scripture. He quotes from the psalm, My God, my God, why have You forsaken me? In his his deepest despair, humanly speaking, he turns to the Word, which if you go and look at the fullness of that psalm, is really a cry for help, a cry of hope. For it starts off, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But through the body, recognizes that God is indeed still his rock. In that moment of despair, when it would have been the greatest time to chunk it all, to give it all up, to, to not follow the way of the Father, to not continue to live the way of love, mercy, and grace. It was the Word of God that gave Him strength, that became the words of His mouth as an example to us that no matter what storms, what pain we face, as His Word is digested in our lives, then it flavors our words and our actions. May we, all of us, with a special hint to those that are moving on, passing this great transition of graduation, continue to build our house on the rock so that we will endure, but not just endure, So that we will live, but not just live. So that we will flourish through the dangerous storms of failure or success and live our lives to the glory of God. Amen.